Welcome, everyone, to the first ever episode of the Chris Calvert Podcast. I am your host, Chris Calvert, and I'm so thrilled that you are here joining us. This is a show about jobs. It is a show about any job, from jobs that require a uniform to jobs where you barely even have to wear shoes to go to. We are going to cover as many professions as possible to give you an idea of really what's out there. So if you are looking for a job or if you're in school completely lost, wondering what you're going to do with your life, or if you're a career changer thinking that there might be something else within your industry that you want to hop over to, or maybe it's time for you to switch over and pursue your dream job I am hoping that you find the inspiration here that you need. I am a social scientist by education, but I am a people junkie by life experience. And I am passionate about helping people find their life's work. And people's narratives inspire me. And I really want to bring my skills as a trained conversationalist into this life experience of what it is that people do why they do it, how they got there, why they stay, what is it about them, characteristics they have or the people that they know or the mentors they've had that allow them to stay there. So I am really, really excited to share this experience with you and am really hoping that you enjoyed this podcast as we explore again profession after profession after profession things that you haven't even thought of or that you didn't even know were actual jobs that you could get paid for we will be talking about them here so with that let's get to it with my first guest Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Chris Calvert, and I am here today to kick off our first ever episode with an incomparable guest, Sean Gosser, who is a podcast producer. So this is going to be really exciting to tell you how I know Sean, who is one of our family's favorite people. Sean is a podcast producer for my husband's podcast, which is Dr. Hockey or the Dr. Hockey podcast. And my husband got his start just kind of talking about hockey because he loves it. And through a series of good fortunes, he wound up meeting Sean and Sean now produces each episode of Dr. Hockey. So by extension, I was able to inherit Sean's great skills to work on this new project of mine. And I can tell you that Sean is charming, handsome, super nice, amazing, really talented, exceptionally talented, and just a really positive being in the world. And I am thrilled to be able to talk to him, but also thrilled to bring this to you for the first ever episode. Because not only is that everything wonderful about Sean, but his job is amazing. And it's amazing because of who he is. So what you'll hear in this interview is all about podcast producing, which now is kind of something that more and more people want to know about and are finding out about and would love to do. So you'll, you know, get to know that there's a 
a few essential elements that you're going to need to bring if you want to do that job. And then you'll also hear why Sean is so great at it, because he is really, really good at his job. And you'll want to know, how can I be that great too? Because this is a space that might not be so easy to break into. But if you can get into it, you'll have opportunity. So just keep a lookout as we are talking today and as we talk in all of these episodes for what is it that this person is bringing to this job that makes him or her exceptional in this job? And then what are really the brass tacks of this work? What's cool about Sean is that he's an introverted extrovert. And that is what's required for a podcast producer. You have to be able to be out there functioning in the world and talking to people and meeting celebrities or meeting anyone, you know, high level executives, whatnot. And then you also have to be able to sit in the editing bay by yourself and really just sit there and get the work done. So how does all that happen? What does a typical day look like? How can you, you know, follow this through in your whole career? All that's going to be discussed today. And again, you will love this because Sean is awesome. And he's just a really great, really fun person to talk to and to have give you the tour of podcasting producing. I can't imagine anyone I'd rather have give me the tour of what it is to be a podcast producer than the amazing and fabulous Sean Gosser. So I'm so happy that you're joining me today. And take a listen, take notes, get out your notebook, because you're going to want to really pay attention to what Sean has to say. And here we are ready with Sean Gosser. Okay, so today is a really exciting day for me. I hope it is for our guest, Sean Gosser, who is here with us to talk about all things podcast. And he is incredibly engaging and charming, and I am thrilled to be talking to him. Thank you very much. I am very excited. Yeah, so how are you, Sean? Very good. Thank you. I'm really glad that you're here, and thanks for coming. This is a very nice office. I love Jay. This is my first time in Jay's Newport office. Right? It's very nice. So it's all about beauty here, so hopefully um, that's that's relayed, and then uh, we'll be able to talk about It's just very comfortable. It's very charming. Um, We're we're here in the waiting room, so I mean, if I was waiting, I would feel very welcomed and very comfortable. You feel like you want a facial? I definitely, yes. (laughs) I think you're like ready to have a facial That actually sounds great. Maybe we'll do that after. Okay, great. So (laughs) what we like to do on this podcast is find out what people do and what motivates you and how you got here and why you keep doing what you do and maybe help some other people see if there's something in the conversation for them, which there always will be because, uh, because we bring on people who have very interesting lives and interesting jobs. So tell us, if you will, what it is that you do. For a living. So I am a podcast producer. And for those that don't know what a podcast is, which uh, they're pretty new, even some people my age, I tell them I'm a podcast producer and they're like, what's that? Mm. So uh, it's kind of a newer thing, but basically it's just on-demand audio, audio shows. So any kind of talk shows, most radio shows these days that are live are also put on the internet and available on demand at any time. So they have a backlog of all their shows. So essentially, it's just not there and gone anymore. Most audio shows are now transitioning over to the digital realm, like every business is moving online and moving towards uh, um, selling stuff through your phone, basically. So this is just um, in 
a lot of people's opinion, radio transitioning onto a digital platform, transitioning onto the internet. And with the capability of the internet, it's you, you don't there's no reason to put so much into producing a show that's gonna only air one time and mm. be gone forever. So uh, hence podcasting. Um, and uh, so I'm a producer. I work for a company called Podcast One. Uh, they are there are a couple different types of podcast entities out there. We are more of an agency, so we we take on um, you know bigger clients that uh, that are usually some kind of some type of celebrity business owner, uh, digital influencers. Um, all different kinds and we we fully facilitate uh you know the selling marketing and producing of podcasts um so they're in my role specifically i'm in the production world i come from uh radio producing so um and let me just clarify when you yeah. say i'm a producer mm -hmm. so i think I'm a producer, like a movie producer. So when I, I come from the business background, so I think a producer is a person who puts things together and raises money. So I think maybe that's different in your in your yes. setup. So can you, for someone like me, who would think that a producer raises money and puts people together, what's different about how you do it in a podcast so, way? No, you're totally right. Producer is such a loose term, and it means so many different mm -hmm. things to so many different industries. But I am involved in the production of it, so I am the engineer i am the one recording all of the audio with my show hosts i'm also directing in a way to to my hosts on what needs to be recorded because it's not uh they're typically recorded in different pieces and different chunks and it's all kind of edited and put together at the end so i facilitate um sort of how it is to be recorded and the, and obviously I lead the hosts along or stop them dead in their tracks when they're like going off on a tangent Which or something. I'm sure it never happens. Oh yeah, no, not <laughs> that never. doesn't happen to you. <laughs> uh, and then I edit the program, um, which is put, you know just putting it in, into software and editing it, editing it down and polishing it up, putting music into it um, and other production elements. Like with Jay's show, sometimes uh, the Doctor Hockey show, we like mm -hmm. to play with um, his co-host is a big fan of '80s movies, so we put a lot of little so little heard. quick mo '80s movie <laughs> drops in there. You know, whatever you know, Eddie Murphy from Beverly Hills Cop, the quick little ten second thing. You know, so little drops, stuff like that. So, right. um, and then we upload it, and then I upload it. So that's essentially the the three part four ish parts of my job are engineering, recording it, mm -hmm. editing it uploading it um and then any kind of other you know direction well and the creative piece also right. you have like some creative uh, I, i'm getting a lot of creative input in how the the show goes or how it's set up as well which is right. i don't know if that's true for everyone coming in we'll talk about that if that was given to it you is kind of different from person to person um some people know in and they they come in and they know exactly what they want to do mm -hmm. i want to do xyz you mean from um, a host standpoint right yeah right, okay yeah. and some people are like i don't know i'm just really talkative and i like to mm -hmm. talk to people and i'm not sure what so and sometimes what they do already kind of dictates what kind of podcast there are they're trying to have so they usually always come in with some kind of skew some kind of um, angle some kind of niche that they want to that they want to talk about or or get to for instance i produce a podcast for the laker photographer 
Um, he's a Is very only interesting one? guy. Uh, well, he's uh, he's the head of a team, essentially. He's Andy Bernstein. Um, so I think he runs a team of, I don't know, six to ten people or so. But he has been the Laker photographer since 1981, since wow. Magic Johnson's oh, wow. second year. Yeah. Um, he is like the co-creator of NBA Photos. He was the Dodger photographer for ten years. He's still currently like the Lakers, Clippers, Sparks, LA Kings, the hockey team, the Staples Center, and Microsoft Live official photographer. Which is actually another whole job that we need to talk whole about. Because realm, that's yeah. fascinating. That, uh, yeah, the yeah. guy's he's, he's had the Super most incredible career, of course. Um, so because of who he's been, he's been a fly on the wall for the coolest parts of the NBA uh, in the last 36, 8 years or something like that. So uh, he's just very well plugged in with NBA players. And because he's you know, comes from back at, at the Showtime era of, of the NBA, which is back in the 80s. He wants to tell a lot of stories that are maybe kind of getting lost in mm. in time. Mm-hmm. So since he's still friendly with a lot of these guys, you know, he wasn't a media guy asking them questions. He was just a guy taking right. a picture. So he's making them look cool. So all of these guys love him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's kind of telling stories of older retired athletes. It, the, the show is Legends of Sport. So he, he talks with old legends of sport of right. all different kinds Very and he's talked to bicyclists and surfers and skaters and football players and baseball players and basketball players and all different kinds hockey players very neat um so yeah typically their their field or what they do kind of already dictates what kind of podcast okay. they do so sometimes there's a little direction but there's always specific like formatting that that we fine-tune like we were discussing with mm-hmm. this show like like you heard in the beginning a little bit of chris setting up a little Absolutely. bit of who i am yeah, and why she decided helpful. to talk to me today which was very lovely and uh, at the end of it you have your thoughts so you for your show format you have a little intro then it leads to your interview then it leads to so, but that that format can be completely different from show to show right but that's all part of what of you'll do so what i'm what I'm like really interested in in your position is as we as we go through and transition and start talking about how you even got here and how that came to be what attributes or what qualities do you have that you think are essential for the work that you do because I I view you as a real creative person as someone who has to be able to look at um, a lot of disparate pieces and put them together into a puzzle that makes sense and then put it together in a very creative way that people will want to listen to it and be engaged with it. So what, what is it about you that makes you most capable of doing this well? Because you obviously do it well. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you to say. I really appreciate it. But I think it's that. very true, right? Thank you very much. <laughs> um, Pat yourself on the back while you're saying well, that. Well, uh, to start, I am a very happy person, so uh, that helps. Mm-hmm. I lead with positivity. Um, I try to be the person that I want to you know, I, I I've always been cognizant of how I'm being received, so I always want to be a, a healthy presence in any room. So, being um, you know, facilitating mm-hmm. uh, almost, being uh, accommodating is definitely part of it because you're working as a producer on somebody else's project. You're just trying to help them get to their goal, mm-hmm. and you know, so sometimes you're having there's conflicting ideas, and you have to you know find ways of of making it work. But uh, I think the the prerequisite to this, what for me specifically, was radio. Um, I come from a radio background. My dad was a, a is a broadcaster. Has been a broadcaster for forty years now. I hmm. uh, think he got his start in nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty two as well. Um, so he's been 
either on air or program directing uh, radio stations. He was a marketing director for a short time as well. So he just knows the radio business in and out and was in it during the absolute glory days of it through the 80s and the mm-hmm. 90s before we had all these other channels of right, entertainment and right that kind of exactly stuff, yeah. so did you go you were a little kid in the radio studio growing up that oh, was yeah. kind of where you grew up absolutely i mean that was i've known it since i knew it since i could remember mm-hmm. i've known and listened to my dad on the radio since i was five years old so i've and i really have seen both sides of it because from five years old, six years old, I remember being in our den in Detroit, listening to him edit his shows. And, you know, it's, the, it's this kind what of... What did he have? Like, did he have, like, the um, the, the film stuff? You know, the old, the so old editing? There was still just... Ch- right? What no, was it? It, you, it used to be, like, on... Oh, the reel, the reel. Yes, That's right. right? So, okay, I'm not quite... I'm not quite that old. I don't remember that stuff. Even if you've watched movies, you've he seen that, right? He tells this hilarious story. If any of you uh, are from the radio industry or know of Howard Stern, of he course, had that movie right? back we in all the 90s, yeah. uh, Private Parts. And right yep. when he's getting started, there's that reel to reel and all those cassettes. And there he you like go. hits, he's like in a panic and he hits one thing and he knocks all of the cassettes all over the desk and knocks the record off of the, pl- knocks the reel off and like he basically takes the radio off of the air and it's just like all this stuff yeah, all over the place. And now you can't like, do anything. Oh my gosh, catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, my dad said that that was like basically also his first day on the job as well. He did the same exact thing, knocked over the tray, knocked the, basically knocked the radio station off of off the yeah, air and yeah. for a couple of minutes until mm-hmm. they could get it back on the air. So there's just, right, it's just very different. I think it's there. important for people to, to see that because when you have been, if you've been witnessing it for so long, there's, there's this a lot of knowledge in your brain space that is not accessible to other other people even if you're not using it today true just yeah, to yeah. know I mean, it's how ambivalent it, how if you're just yeah, if you right. have no idea never seen a radio station i mean it's mm-hmm. just it's all just how you perceive it and then you know obviously we have tv today so we see lots of talk shows so obviously you know it's in some kind of studio but yeah you're right that um, right. i i did have i've i've just grown up in the audio world so um i think that is that's also really helped but you said, but you think it's imperative that that people who are going, if you're going to work in some kind of a podcast arena in the way that you do, that you would certainly need some radio background uh, or yeah, I exposure think right experience. Yes, yeah, since it's since it's so new at this time. I mean, podcasting technically has been around for fifteen, twenty years or so, but it's really only kind of taken off in the last seven or eight years or so. So okay. a lot of people like a lot of producers, almost all of them. I I don't imagine there are any that didn't come from radio okay uh, because it is i mean it's sort of the same thing in a different fashion okay so that's that's um that's an educational or a, a background attribute so in terms of your personal attributes we are we are left with the the which i love the the positive really being a people person and understanding that you are facilitating someone else and being able to be present with them and getting their project being i guess selfless in that way to be able to let it be theirs and not you know put all your story into it um and then is there any is there anything else because i i love that you put that first because that's who i see who you are thank you so i i i love that that's who you how you identify that that's what makes you so good at what you do so if someone is a is a happy positive person and they have all that and then they can supplement the radio piece is there something else even on the technical side or um that make you know you kind of like a uh, the kid in the classroom who is you know when they start did circuits and gears and things did that 
illuminate you? you, or know, you? Uh, I think what, what else is um, because it is talking and you're, it is creative in that way in that you're trying to think of how to say things. Uh, we moved around a lot when I was young. Mm. Uh, we moved, I mean, I went to four different elementary schools. Wow. Uh, I lived in Detroit and Houston and Louisiana. So oh, in I very different places. In lots of very okay. different places. I mean, uh, and I came from California, Southern California. So I went from Southern California to Detroit, which was a weather culture shock and a just a culture Everything. shock. Different, completely different people. We were right outside of Detroit and Southfield. Uh, then we went down to Louisiana, which is, I mean, the South. And completely different weather, hot mm-hmm. and sticky. Completely different um, people, again. Completely different people. Mm-hmm. Very weird, by the way. Mm-hmm. Did not like Louisiana. <laughs> well, it's not your... It's very, it's very different from you, from yeah. how you would grow uh, up. Then we came back to California for a brief bit. Then we went to Houston, Texas for another three years. And then we came back, so... And all that was traveling with your father for his radio? Uh, with, yeah, with the whole family. Okay, um, right. So, yeah, and he was... Basically, that was him going okay. where the work was. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that was definitely part of it was like... I experienced lots of different types of people and I was always having to like facilitate my way into other people's realms in Mm -hmm. a way like, you know, so, um, I think that's definitely part of it is that I am, and you don't, doesn't mean that you have to grow up or move around or travel a lot in order to do that. But I think that I have become talkatively creative, Mm -hmm. talkative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's definitely part of it. From what I would think from that experience is that it it teaches you how to be sensitive to other people first, right? To that environment first, and then to figure out how do I fit in that environment? Not how do, how can they accommodate me? Which is a very, uh, other people have that experience. How do people accommodate me? How do they accommodate me? So if you're in a situation where you can be sensitive to other people's situation and then, and then figure out a way to be involved in their situation. And I think it was very apt because I was always very shy for the first six months right. of every place of that course. we were at. I didn't talk to anybody. I was mm-hmm. just very, just, I'm not just going to mess with anybody. Nobody's going to mess with me. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll <laughs> talk fine. to the teacher basically. But then, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you read the room and every, you know, every classroom has 26 or so kids and then you eliminate 20 of them and they're, you're like, yeah, I can, I can probably hang out with these people. And then, so yeah, um, I think that was definitely part of it was like, early on like being forced out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. in in social interaction with yeah socially Mm -hmm. correct with with interacting with people so that probably makes you very flexible definitely okay and that would probably be something else again i want i want to be uh i've always wanted to be a good presence around people so i didn't want to not be accommodating so not that I'm non-confrontational. If you piss me off, I'll still right. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, I am a but cancer too, so but I wear, <laughs> my, wear my feelings on my shirt sleeve. I love for it. It's an LA sure. conversation now that we're talking horoscopes. I yes, mean, I'm an Aries. Know, Let's it, do it. I, I don't read too much into it, but like they say, cancers are like you know that definitely reads right into it's me. It's true. I'll right? let you know how I feel for sure. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely part of right. It too, and that so. so that all kinds of kind of comes in because I think it's um, it's important to. You know, for those of us who aren't in the field to kind of realize how it is. It's one thing to say like, oh, hey, I, that sounds cool. I'll go do what Sean does. But if you don't bring that person to do that work, it, you might as well just go do anything. It's- yeah, I think that was like the tough thing for I think that's a tough thing for everybody that's in college right now. I agree. Is what am I going to do? Because you have no idea what the day to day is, mm-hmm. and that's really what your job is. It's like, what is your percent. day going to look like? That's right. Forget well, like what the years are going to look like. What is each day going to look like? Can you handle that day? Mm-hmm. And man, yes. Because where I'm at now, uh, well, even in the beginning, I I 
got a pretty nice start. I mean, because of who my dad was working for uh, NBC Sports Radio, working for KLOS, he got me an internship while I was um, I was in my last couple of years of school. Um, so yes, I did work f- so much for free, a lot for that's free, a good, for that's sure. A good thing to know too. Um, which I hear is really. Elimin- being eliminated like a lot of there's there a lot so, of uh, because... you know, unpaid internships I'm, I hear that's really going away yeah. because it is it's, it's really hard it's I, free labor I, I and it's help. not it's not right you know, I yeah. was I was living at home going to college so I wasn't paying for room and or you know room and board and my education I was only paying for my education so yes of course well so hold on as you go through this yeah. because I the point you make I think is so valid and very important to think about and it's one of those I think I don't know if everyone thinks about it this way now, but it's one of the, one of the th- tenets that I tell my kids. Think about what you want to be doing every day. What do you want your exactly. life look to? Because it does come down to the twenty four hour cycle. And what did you do in twenty four hours? Not like, hey, you know, that sounds really cool. It sounds amazing yeah. to do what you do. So walk us through a typical day, a day because you but you don't even have a typical day. I'm sure. No. I don't think you do. Right. So walk us through a. A kind of a, a general day or an example of what could so or is it just fires have, all the time or like what is how, what's so it like? i do have things that happen in every day okay let's start uh, there. but they happen in different. every different kind of order <laughs> every different okay. kind of order perfect so, so yeah most podcasts again for those that don't know are on-demand audio shows and the format of them typically are once a week they you know, release every Monday, and then the good ones or the people that are doing have been doing this for a while. They have two a week, or they have one every day, or whatever. so. Um, for what we do, we typically do once a week shows or twice a month shows. Depends on. And how, how many are you currently actively producing of those? Five. Okay. Um, so I'm at five people's, and not even five because let's see. Okay, so I produce And you have other up. work that you do too, so it's not just yes. yeah, so it's so a lot of So I have forked up a Thug Kitchen podcast. They are vegan cookbook writers. They're hilarious people. <laughs> Matt and Michelle, uh, they're terrific. They're wonderful people. But there's two there. Okay. I produce the Natalie Ava Marie show with uh former WWE uh oh, awesome. superstar Natalie Fun. Ava Marie. She used to have red hair and she's excellent but it's her and her husband so two people there yep i produced the good life with stevie and Cezanne, a married couple a young uh married couple they're digital influencers bloggers vloggers two people there two people the legends of sport podcast that is just andy barnstein um but he's got you know a, a team. team of other people involved too like a video crew typically because of his his ability to get good subject visual subject matter mm-hmm. like like basketball players yeah uh so he's got his video crew to also work around so yes like it fluctuates from week to week like crazy we give everybody a weekly time slot but it rarely shakes out that way so a typical day in the a long way to get to this see i'm very talkative no i love I start it taking, i love it too i, I do have I, a latte right before okay. me, so. <laughs> i should have maybe i should burning, have, it's, it's a good thing i didn't actually so <laughs> no it's great because i'm thinking okay so like monday what's monday what it's going to happen for so, you on okay monday. on a typical like general day if i'm just like th- throwing it out out there like i have a um it they're all weekly shows so and uh, they're usually different but a couple of them all uh, release on wednesday Couple release on Tuesday. Jay's show releases on Thursday. Oh, staggered in terms of okay, right? So my How workload have... is kind of staggered. Okay, and right now it's very front week loaded. So I am doing a lot of my recording in the back end of the week, and then I'm doing a lot of the editing part of it in the early part of the week. But there's also a lot of other little tasks that go into it. 
Um, but the crux of it is, yeah, I have recording sessions with my hosts that usually last a couple of hours. And then I have the editing process, which takes that time plus, plus. more because you're having to put it all together. So I'm having to at least go through the amount of time of how long the conversation was. Um, and then I'm having to make some decisions on on maybe things to cut out. Um, and I'm doing that sometimes as I go to like... For instance, if I happen to um and ah a lot through this podcast, you, the person, won't hear it because I'm going to take it, it out. out. So, you can take out whatever you want. Uh, yeah, I'm going to sound lush, much more succinct and Oh, you're going to sound amazing. Yes, right? Obviously, you don't want to change it that drastically because then you're completely but changing the cadence But you do have creative choice again, speaks. and that's, what, that's right. part of your creativity right. and your or, you know, know, vision. It happen, if we happen to go off some little offshoot for 15 minutes, that makes no sense. We just go off and, so, and we're like, okay, but this doesn't really make sense. We, we need to get to the good stuff. So we'll cut that out. Okay. Um, so having to make decisions there. Uh, but usually at this point, we've already decided on everything. We know what's what's going to happen. So it's just about adding all the individual pieces down to their a nice tight size, maybe putting a little production into them, like um, layering some music underneath certain parts for certain game segments or something like that. Right. And then you put all the pieces together. So that's the editing process. And then uploading is literally just flipping it onto the Internet. And most all of them have a title and a description of what the episode is. That's different from show to show. Some shows have very specific things that they want to get out in that. Some of them leave it up to me. Okay. Um, so you are working. I'm trying to figure out if you're an introvert or an extrovert naturally. Because you do, you have all this time where you love talking to people. But then that work is alone. Completely, completely solo. Completely and solo. Not solo like at a cafe or something, like solo oh, no, focused like in a dungeon Headphones by on, yourself. I'm not hearing anything else. I mean, I do put the TV on the background, so I usually put on The Office. It's okay. always sunny in Philadelphia. I put on my favorite funny so shows, funny. stand-up comedy. That way, as I'm editing something, the audio stops. I can, like, hear a little joke <laughs> and then keep go keep back going. to what I'm doing. So uh, I'm kind of usually doing that. But, yeah, you're right. It is very solo, very focused um, work. So I am definitely both. I am the true mix of mm -hmm. my parents. My mom is a total introvert. My dad is the radio talk show host. So he's the total extrovert. Interesting. My oldest sister, Samantha, is my dad, 100%. Extrovert, out there, yeah. out there opinionated all that yeah love her to death my other my other sister the middle child is my mom to a t really yes they're books they're and... much closer yeah uh yes books they bake cakes together totally. now. um they're very they're very quiet <laughs> they're be quiet. very polite they're <laughs> very non-confrontational um they are total flies on the walls at parties they're just gonna talk to their friend and just be but over they're gonna here know and... everything that goes on which oh is yes so interesting. of course of course yeah. of course um and be as polite as possible they're all they're just such very nice accommodating people for sure not that my other sister isn't of course she has part. but then but she's i am the true yeah. hybrid this is interesting this, yeah, okay. i am definitely because early on growing up while we especially while we were moving around to my dad was like in make it or break it with his career so he's like you know that's why we were moving of course he was, yeah. so he was really putting a lot of time in and uh my mom was a stay-at-home mom sort of for the first half of my you know, first 10 years of my life uh she did uh, at home daycare for a little bit so mm, i got to be like at, you know at home with my mom too so i i grew up with my mom the early part you know really being nurtured by her and so i really had a lot of her qualities mm -hmm. and as it really showed in school because i mean for six months or so like i was just like not having a friend and like 
I don't know. You didn't even no, have a friend, but yeah, right, I mean, exactly. That really, really. Shy, but you didn't really feel hard. the need. You didn't feel the need to go out and you know get yeah. get on hey! the yeah, exactly. Right, and now exactly. here I am. My dad and, would you know, have done. You know, I feel yeah. My dad in my position, just right. to Show off and yeah, that exactly. kind of stuff. You know, get some attention. Hey, yeah, of course. Hey, me. That's. That's um, what you would do if, as a good extrovert. But then me and my dad have an excellent relationship because my dad's an awesome person. He's a really, really good, um, awesome communicator. Uh, so we then became really close in like my teenage years because of uh, sports and oh, golf and yeah. stuff. Like that. We like to play golf. So um, uh, then I became really close with my – and I mean we're 30 years apart. And as you know, I'm sure you're finding out with your kids as they grow up is – the distance between you and your parents is not the distance between you and your kids. Mm-hmm. It's closer now. Mm-hmm. Like we have like a lot of this. Our worlds are a lot sim- more similar. We're on Instagram together. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's different. Exactly. It is. It's so different. So uh, I have an excellent. I mean, he, my dad is my best friend. He's my agent. He's my manager. He's oh, my. Oh, wow. My, that's great. My psychologist. He's my he's my awesome. He's my everything. Um, so. So that's yeah. important. Like that's a. It's just important to know how you how you work. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> because I, mean, I, I you're man, like two people, oh, right? There's, oh, it's there's the no way. The performer side oh. and then the other side. No, oh, no, yeah, totally. Um, uh, I watched my dad be a performer all growing up, like being in the radio station with him at times, and like I look, I think back on it now, and I'm like, I'm over there in the corner with my toys, like making noise and doing whatever, blah blah. blah. And he's like, okay, quiet, and then he just like goes into a different zone and he's like mm-hmm. you know jd back here on young country 101 point and he just like jumps into acting you know right he's, yeah he's it's put, fascinating booms, to watch right boom right into performance and then getting older uh interning for him working on his shows with him you know watching the you know, doing live shows completely different than doing these can shows man is the pressure off in the podcast mm-hmm. studios we right? are kicking it <laughs> We are having our coffee and we are laughing and farting and because we can edit it out. Oh, yeah. We're not saying no anything. Big deal. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, I, it's uh, his his ability to um, have the light switch of, of perform. You know, it's it's. Do you have that? Oh, oh, absolutely. And you do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can absolutely stuff down my personal feelings, mm-hmm. especially with this. Yeah. Because I, you know, I know how much it means to people. They're they're putting their thought and their creativity into it, and that means more than just how I mop the floor. It's like it's it's different. They're they're putting more into it. And again, it's their project. It's not my project. So um, my personal it's I'm a I'm a coach. I'm a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not the I'm not the quarterback. Yeah. So um, yeah. You're, I, but I, you're kind of like you're the safety and you're the wide receiver and you're the linebacker. <laughs> I'm you're definitely kind of facilitating a lot, right? for sure. I mean, for sure. you're the coach. And, and, you're, you know, like a, a lot of, of these everything. people too that are that specifically because podcasting is is so new. There's so many people trying their hand at it. So there's and yeah, and I can really see that. a talk show hosts. It's a profession. It is you you don't realize until you go to do it, but or you don't realize why these certain people like if, for those that watch sports those great broadcasters you don't know why it's or you can't put the logistics together of how they're so great until you go to do it and you're like uh he's got the ball and how the hell does vin scully tell all these stories Mm -hmm. in between all this Mm -hmm. he does what 
I think when we're talking about when how, who you who you are as a performer and then who you are, you know, to step back and say, like, now I've got to, you know, do my editing and then it looks it looks really easy. So everyone wants to get involved and say, like, oh, I'll just go be I'll just go do a podcast. I'll have my own YouTube channel. And oh, you right. have to remember, Sorry, like, yes. you're going to do a YouTube channel. You have to be able to edit all those all those pieces. It's the same kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So and and sorry, that's where I was headed was uh, um, I'm. I'm teaching people how to be broadcasters too. I come from that world of of audio product, so understanding how to how, how to make a conversation interesting, essentially, or how to format a conversation to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And you know, people coming in from all different types of professions, like Andy Bernstein, the photographer. He's just a photographer. He's, he's, yeah. Of course, he's a nice, interesting person. And can take a lot better pictures than you or I. Oh, 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 oh my gosh. <laughs> he actually just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. So oh, he is a is Hall there a of Hall of Fame, fame for photography? Well, they actually have just started doing it. I, so he I got gotta, inducted like, get with into the, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame oh. as a media member. So he got a Fantastic. He got the Kurt Gowdy Award, which is a, an old schooler. Uh, so they've just kind of started doing this and letting in uh, these, these old school you know, wow. writers. Because the writers and the photographers are a part of the telling the story. Story of, of completely you know, the, I mean, it the is a, a drama in itself of yes. the of the basketball player. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, he comes from the world a profession uh, completely different from doing. So uh, there is lots of coaching. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, all the ones that are successful, yes, they come from doing. I, I mm-hmm. think they uh, currently Bill Simmons and Joe Rogan and. Lots of them are already come from doing that, some kind of hosting, some kind of talk show, talking naturally. Um, and so a lot of a lot of what we're dealing with specifically are digital influencers. You know, they're they're vloggers, bloggers are used to they're already they are used to creating content, but this is still different because you, you have no visual whatsoever. You really right. have to spell everything out. It's it's are it's they interviewing people on those or are they are they on those podcasts, they're they're not having a conversation, or they're just they're the influencers. Yes. So the Good Life with Stevie and Cezanne, mm-hmm. they are fantastic people. I love them. They're balls of energy. They're so they're so excellent. They are uh, twenty eight years old each. Awesome. So fun. Uh, it's, it, it's it's a incredible. great time of life. Yeah. It's, it's incredible what the digital space is is doing for work. I agree. I mean, you know. I agree. Uh, but it, it seems weird to some people, but like. They are inspiring to some mm-hmm. people. They are um, um, so anyway. Well, they they but, come because that's a, there's a lot of disenfranchisement out there. I think right. right. So if you're if you're in that group, then having an outlet like like that or being able to drive for Uber or whatever it is right. is is incredible. No, you're right. So um, you know they're and they're they're changing by the day. They're realizing how you know how they can change their brand. So at first they were kind of just doing interviews and talking to people from different uh, different realms or similar realms to theirs. Um, but they're they're Christian, so they're really focusing in now on in on their faith and th- they really want a community. They they have a little community with being a digital influencer in itself and they want to tell their community's stories. So they had a, a cancer survivor on a, a 30 year old girl who found her own lump in her breast oh. and 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 her journey with picking herself up and turning it around and and going on with her life and um so they're they're now involved with kind of telling they're not interested in talking to celebrities anymore right um, they they don't want to uh 
I mean, every once in a while, of course, those that that make sense or have an amazing story to tell. Of course, they they they're going to do that. Every Were you once involved in, in that decision and that in that transition of what, it's what, it's it's a little bit of both? Right? Okay, I mean, right. So, so that's I mean, another aspect. That's of the, this. the the difficulty too with sometimes making these work is is you you have there's lots of trial and error. So I mean, sometimes it takes. I mean, in in radio, they the old saying is, and even still is. You have a year. You do a year. Every you know, if you're a, a new show host, likely you're going to get a year contract, and then they're going to decide at the end of that year, okay, is this working? Is this not working? What worked? What didn't work? Are we going to continue? So there's lots of like, I mean, all of these shows go through slight changes and tweaks to the format and and to tailor it to the whatever their brand is. So. For instance, Natalie Ava Marie, the ex-wrestling uh, chick, that's a slightly different skew of audience, right? She comes from wrestling, a little more monster truck and, and sports fans and, and, and hip-hop fans. And mm-hmm. so, so she also has a YouTube channel where uh, called Salty Saturdays where essentially they're – talking about uh random stories you know eminem versus machine gun kelly's rap beef and they're talking about Lindsay lohan doing whatever the hell she was doing in the other country harassing those people that was hilarious and terrible by the way uh so then they they discussed you know random hot trending topics which is smart and they're kind of wedging themselves into uh conversations that are being happening that are happening and then they do some interviews so typically uh, you know, he comes from the uh, fitness world. He's bodybuilder, uh, gymnast, trainer, and she's uh, comes from uh, being an athlete. So she's involved in the same stuff. They have a fashion line as well, too. So they do things to sort of also serve their business. So they bring in, you know, she brings in makeup artists, professional makeup artists, or they brought in the owner of Chalk Gym the other oh, day. Cool. So, uh, but now you're kind of into like there's some. I'm just, you have so many aspects to the work that you do. And I think when people talk about the work they do, they just say like, oh, you know, I do this, this, and this, and they name off like 10 things. But to those of us who don't do that work, um, I, I, I really just want to honor what you're doing because it's pretty incredible to, to be in your space. And I will say that you're young. And you're single, right? Thank you. Yes, I am. Ladies, he's single <laughs> and young and handsome and charming and Thank fabulous. Um, so so to be able to to have the presence of, of of everything to do what you do at the level that you do is is impressive. I'll just say that. And that's that's Thank just you. to say I think you're right in saying that people need to bring a certain level of experience to this world if you anticipate going into this world. Um, you have to bring a certain level of experience, maturity, et cetera, regardless of your age. Mm-hmm. Um, and then have these all these personal qualities kind of line up, you know, like, you know, God gives you a certain, you know, great template to start with. And then you have to add on to that. So let me ask you, I want to transition a little bit into your internship quickly and then how you kind of how you got going so early on logistics. I yeah, I kind of want to know that. Well, I want to know first as we go there, were you an A student? Uh, not. I was a B plus student. I would say I was an A minus. Even B+ with all student. that introversion, six months to study, kind of t- <laughs> reboot six yeah, months. I was an A student up until eighth grade. Across Every, the board, across A's the or board, A's in what you across wanted. Across the board, A's. A's. Um, and, and then, then what? Uh, in high school, just lost a little bit of focus. College, same thing. A's everywhere I wanted. 
And uh, I, but I graduated from Cal State San Bernardino with a three point three three. So very nice. Um, yeah, I, I was a. I mean, in your I, major or in everything? In my major and well, no, no, yeah, cumulative. Yeah, in your in, major, in major, you probably did better. Yeah, uh, yeah, cumulative across the board wow. college, which took me way longer than it should have. By the way, uh, well, yeah. should have is a loaded it word, took, right? It, it, took it, it took you what it took. Thank you. you. Thank you. You're welcome. That, thank you. Absolutely. That's exactly right. You finished. Everybody's path is completely different. Ex- yeah. And, you know, yeah, you you can't um, you can't change you know what the past was. No. So, and, uh, anyways, uh, so my early path was at eighteen, coming out of high school, had no interest in radio whatsoever. I was going to ask you that. So sometimes when your parents do something, it seems natural, you know, to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. And Absolutely. Then, but a lot of times, what what we all do is just that's the last thing you want to yes. do. And I think there's that. This, it's an age thing. It's a yeah, separation it's like thing, either, right? Red, red or blue, blue. Yeah, yeah. You either, <sighs> but I think you know uh, that was kind of the realization. Then coming into the work world on the back end of college, it was just like, okay, now I do want a place of my own, and I I'm kind of trained to I'm do kinda, some certain things. Yeah, I want to you know have my own stuff and not so live in your parents' basement. About- Were you living in the basement? No. Well, yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> right. So it's like it's a. I still have my room. Uh, you know, I was. I was a. You're uh, not. Your mom's nice. Of course, you had your own room. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, yeah, co- I mean, coming out of college, then or whenever that realization. But what's your degree in in college? To, what's uh, your... It was communications. So it, it was media studies essentially, but it was my degree was in communications. With Let me ask you. So radio, tele- film, and television. That's what you do. So I mean, I don't. I'm not a communications major. I have friends who are communications majors. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you study when you're a communi- what did you study when you're a communications major? That seems like a big blanket. It does. And uh so specifically we we learned like media specific stuff. It was also tailored to media. It was uh, an emphasis in radio, film and television. And some of them are different. So some uh, is communications in the psychology field. Some of it is communications in the you know um social work. But if you were going to be like an interrogator for the FBI, you might have a communications degree. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. 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 Um, And really, I think uh, communications since like the 2000s or something has been the fastest growing field. Uh, um, All we did was write papers. Holy moly. Did we write papers and argue? And that was extremely valuable social practice. And the things told coming – picking that major was – that businesses see communication majors as the most malleable employees, the the ones that That's are most able to, hey, Sean, we need to shift some of your job responsibilities to this, this, and this. They'll get that done rather than the student that has the degree and the specifics to be like, no. I, or, yeah, uh, if I've got a finance degree, right? Yeah, right. exactly. No, I I'm do a it finance like this. degree. This yeah. is what I do. Um, so they're they're more workable. So are you suggesting that that – there's formal I, I hate to be so ignorant in this but there the formal training that you received in how to have a conversation or to even do what we're doing now came from having that communications degree I it, think it definitely helped um, but I, I think more as far as getting to my field experience is what will get you there so I didn't need the degree did you it need any degree or you just didn't need that degree I didn't need any degree you don't need any degree no degree still to this day you wouldn't you don't need any degree. You need to have the desire and the ability to – because especially of where uh, – where how it lies today, there are fewer and fewer jobs with radio because it's transitioning to podcasting. But all okay. of that is still very new. So the radio world is shrinking, and it was difficult to get a way in. Like I said, I interned for a 
probably a year and a half before there was even a part-time 10-hour-a-week position for And me you to had take. an in on your internship. And I had, well, yes, but there was nobody else. If Had there been somebody else that wanted to come in, somebody else that was a friend uh, – basically, I was a friend of a friend, and that's how I've gotten every job. Mm-hmm. Every job is through a personal re- – every job that I've had way, is through right? a personal reference, Okay, um, whether it was a friend or a parent. So, yes, my dad worked there. He didn't say yes. It was the boss that said uh, – ultimately said yes, but I was – If your dad hadn't there. worked there, could you have written a letter and it, could you have knocked on the – how would you have done it? Um, what would you say? If you're, if you don't have access, is there any? You just do what, you do what everybody does. And no, you just yeah, keep I mean, sending emails and faxing and showing it, up as a, yeah, as a, what are they, a singing gram? What exa- exactly, <laughs> the yeah. gorilla with balloons. A, uh, yeah, what is that? A, what is a, that? A candy gram. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever they come up, <laughs> yeah. they, they show up and they start singing. I mean, don't take your clothes off. I hope, but like you know, just yeah, they no, give uh, balloons and stuff, and they do all kinds of I, fun I stuff. I think so. I I really think uh, it would be applying. Um, and just tenacity and well again it's it's a it's a tough field and and like it's very specific like i feel like radio specifically like people need to have a little bit of a pa- so i don't know I, i'm not not saying that it's not a um uh, a competitive field because there are lots of people going after it for sure but um, in your case in that situation there weren't people a lot of people yeah when you it. said that there was there just were, that right there were that's so curious they didn't me. have a it was brand new nbc sports radio is only seven years old there or maybe six uh 2010 i think so okay maybe eight they didn't have they were brand new they didn't <laughs> we have already established a, you're not a finance major yeah, so right. it's totally fine are not my thing, <laughs> um so yeah um they were they were at such a new state themselves that they didn't even have an official internship. They did have an internship set up uh, program after three years in and after yeah, I, I, I mean, had been hired. It's probably like startup, like yeah. startup vein. You know, they're not mm-hmm. thinking about what internship can we have. They're thinking yeah. what we need to get this show off the ground. Well, yeah, yeah we need to get the network yeah. off of the they're ground. They're not so thinking, need, hey, we should be in, you know, yeah. developing these younger no, you're souls. Right. No, it's, it's, you're right. It's a brand new business. Yeah. Like any brand new business is, to, you know, no, no profits for three years or whatever right, like they say. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I, I think definitely um, – I got in at an at a unique time, um, being that I just happened to know somebody that worked there. Um, I happened to know one of the editors there too, as well, who was really the one that. And his name is Mike Argento. Mike Live is his professional. Thank name. you, Mike. Thank you, Mike, because uh, he definitely showed me the ropes on the first step. And it's uh, you know whether I had aspirations to be on air or not, that was where you were going to start. As an editor. You're not – yeah, right. Like so again, it's all experience-based. So you have to start – get in wherever you can. And for me, that was in the editing bay. And for NBC Sports Radio Had you edited before in school or had you edited? No. Okay. Didn't edit So he all. taught you. I mean he completely taught me, yeah. Okay. Um, and you know, it, it's not video software. Video software, you would have to put even more time in I think for sure. Um, some people are just good with software though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are. Um, so uh, I learned that, though. I perfected that over a year's time, a year and a half's time. And then I've continued to perfect. I mean, editing is such a specific, very nuanced thing. I mean, you can you can cut up a sentence and cut breaths and ums and ahs. You can – anyway, there's so many little nuanced things that you learn along the way. So I'm even still learning how to edit in a, in a quicker way. That's always the, the key is – how to not spend all of that time on it by doing it quickly. So yeah, the, he was he was also a 
big help in in being able to have the time to teach me. But so where I got him for for the bottom rung of the ladder at NBC Sports Radio was a sound editor, which was a this seven. Was a, this was the job. Yeah, this an was actual the job. paid job. Yes. So I went in there for free, so many nights uh, for a year and a half, just helping out, editing. Basically, what we were doing were pulling. Uh, highlights, sound bites, touchdowns, home runs, uh, those clips that you hear on the radio of the the crowd uh, goes wild. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So tennis matches, whatever it was. Right, so awesome. we were in charge of. We had a an awesome room of so six TVs and four computers and a bunch of remotes. Yeah, it's it's every guy's little heaven <laughs> room of heaven. Yeah, totally. I think about the vans that the people don't realize that you have those vans and at football games that are like back in the parking oh, lot yeah. doing all that as as you go on the fly. That's really that's yeah. really interesting. Oh yeah, those guys. Oh my gosh, they have incredible. I I think that would be uh, a next step job even for me right, down the cool. line would be some would be live broadcast production like okay camera six camera two camera like that would be oof that yeah. would be so much I mean fun. and it's a, that talk about skills like, yeah. and you build on all those and, yeah, skills that's real time oh and I it mean, doesn't doesn't stop till yeah. the game's over yeah <laughs> that's that is fun and chaotic and. Um, but that's interesting too. Even that you would see that as part of this trajectory that, that we hadn't even spoken you know, about that. Right? That there's yeah, kind of this I, I think, continuation. I think I didn't know ever what I wanted to do growing up. My dad worked in media, so he had a, a closer look and closer perspectives to share with us about like what the world was like. Because just because he was in radio at such an important time, radio was more important to people. Those to those people in TV and those people in the other industries. So obviously he was very plugged in with the music industry for one, because that was, that was what's facilitating and, and the television aspect, you know, the working intent. So he always had specific insights and ways about the business, uh, you know, with big air quotes and how they were. So I, I obviously also grew up in the nineties too. So right when, I mean, television was really and booming. internet. And starts. the internet, yeah, right? The so I mean, I mean, challenge. I was I've I watched lots of different um, you know, media grow, essentially, and even now into social media and digital influencers this last ten years. So um, I, I've always felt like this was where it was going to happen, but I didn't know again that day to day of what kind of day to day am I. A, I'm going to be able to handle and there's no way I could have like 10 years ago looked up and been like yeah that I want to I want to I can pick that day to day you really just like work your way into it and be like okay so like with NBC I got in and did the editor thing but like it was very stressful and it's hard because uh, we were a little understaffed, of course, because it was a shocking. new thing. Shocking, like every business, <laughs> every business, and too. we were trying to do so much. We were trying to, we were, we were trying to cover all the major sports with two people. We were trying to capture every but the, awesome moment. Is this moment when you were doing the, the extra just for free, kind of right. going in there? So right. you're not even supposed to be counted as a person, right? There. Exactly. Okay. So, as far as like finding your way, and even still finding my way, as far as like what my next thing might be. Uh, you know the working in media working in music radio film television all of that is uh very nuanced like all like what a producer is from tv to film to radio to uh music is all completely different things and different things within and so you don't know if you can handle the specifics of whatever job are until you're like standing until you're to put a tv analogy the guy holding the sound boom 
next to the talent who's doing something and watching the director direct this person, you have to stand there for a little while and be like, okay, yeah, this director, there's no way I could handle what this guy is going through. Oh my gosh, does he... Oh, wow, does he have a lot to deal with? Or you realize, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I need to be doing this, yada, yada, yada. So, and that's what anybody in television or film will tell you for sure, is you start off as a PA. You start off as a production assistant. And that is, for one, getting people coffee. Making sure that, you know, uh, the set is sweeped. Uh, every little random nuanced job. So then again, that's going to be industry specific. And for me, that was doing editing for free. But this is after Mike taught you to edit. Yes. Well, so Mike taught time, you right. first. I was interning while learning to edit. I got it. Yeah. Okay. So then when you were going in, you were on your, you weren't, Mike wasn't there. He wasn't the one the one guy when we talk about you and one other person oh doing yes this. yes was that mike yes okay so he's so that was that's actually really good insightful i don't know if you thought about it this way when you were younger but it's very insightful for you to have done that because it's free learning for you yes you know there's yes. there's that's, your college degree right, right. of that that's version. exactly exactly and that's that's what my dad calls nbc sports radio for me he was like that was a, your graduate pro that's program. right exactly i see it that uh, way your master's yes and exactly mm -hmm. he, he's like you you learned how to like do it you create little projects of your own work on some editing work on yada yada fine-tune some communication skills all that in college and now it's like applying it to I mean, NBC Sports Radio, they don't want a crappy product out there. Like, they're, it's, it's a really high standard. So you, then you go in and fig, kind of figure out your way. And I just realized through what the, what the rungs of the ladder were on radio, getting into radio, again, this was just like coming out of college. This is something to put money on the, on the table and to facilitate a way into this ambivalent world of film radio television because they all it's all crossover guys that do radio talk shows are also doing television shows and guys that produce radio shows are producing movies or whatever so there's lots of there is lots of crossover and i mean the industry is really deep there's you never know who you're going to meet and what that could lead to so that's what i saw this as was like a stepping ground to something else i only saw editor producer on-air talent didn't want to be on air talent. I watched my dad do that. I didn't. I never uh, really had the aspiration. I've never liked, you know, not not like I, like didn't like my birthday, but I don't like being the center of attention. Um, I don't want to be the, you know, that that even maybe not yet, but uh, that that pressure of, of <laughs> like the being the person. That's, well, it's just not. But that's that's insightful too. It's good to know yourself that way. You know, it's just not for you. That's, right. So it's not your first love. Right. And who knows, maybe 10 years down the line, again, like until you're standing there watching, like, who knows, maybe after teaching new uh, podcasters how to podcast after 10 years or so, I'm going to be like, okay, it's time for me to, it's time for it's time me for to me do to it. Put, sit in front of the microphone. Well, myself. and then that's probably when you, you know, get the message that there's something for you to add in that but space. Then, who knows? But then that's going to also have to like... I'm, I'm going to have to be like ready for opportunity. That's going to have to create itself. So who knows if that's a possibility for me down the line? I might find something else and end up doing something completely different uh, along the lines of producing. Who knows? I might jump and end up producing television or producing whatever else because uh, it it is kind of a similar skill set in that you're having the vision to put together a project that can't be seen. Mm -hmm. You know, building a building that you can't see, mm -hmm. um, having just the imagination of 
you know, I think putting, just explaining to people what you do is is a challenge in itself. You know, it like is, this yeah. is, you know, when you have kids, you're gonna they're gonna say, "Oh, daddy, you know, what did you, what do you do?" And you're gonna say, "Well, hmm, you know, it's kind of like I mean, where do I start?" You know, right. A lot of what uh, my dad does as a show host is prep in research. So, what's research for a sports talk show host? Watching sports. <laughs> let me guess. I mean, let, let me guess as I'm sitting on the couch. It's bringing, not that bringing your popcorn. <laughs> obviously, uh, to all the angry, tapping their foot women, girlfriends, wives, and mothers out there. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. It's, well, the it, broadcasting and, right, and right. that arena is very competitive and it's very serious. And like you said, the standards are so high. You have yes. so many people watching what you're doing and they are and with listening the to every world. word. That, that world of content, the fans of that content are very knowledgeable. So it's it's so very clear because, because it's so deep mm-hmm. there. So when, you know, you're not even talking about the glaring thing in the room that everybody sees. You know. So uh, he's constantly researching. So, yeah, I mean, it didn't look like he was working. He was just like sitting on his computer or watching watching flipping through different sports channels and absorbing all of this stuff to be able to deliver this this audio Pro, you know this audio production right at that level yeah it's not easy so okay so now we have the internship we have the the first paid job as an editor where you're mm-hmm. really learning and you're getting mm-hmm. paid which is great uh, and then what happens so uh as an editor so then positions started to open up along the way essentially um is that because the industry's nascent and growing or because you're navigating in certain ways that you want to make your career a certain way I think for one, again, I was an accom- I was a good accommodating person to everybody those around me. So I was I was making myself easy to work with. Uh, so, um, and a little tip for those working with people that they don't like. I've come to realize this, and it's it's going to sound weird. It's going to sound a little selfish. It's going to sound a little weird. But use people for what they're good for to you. It's it, use them for your benefit. For example, there's somebody at your work that you don't like, but you can get along at this certain topic. Cut to that topic, man. There is somebody that that or find that topic, right? right. right? Find, find that find that little common ground and operate within there, and don't worry about the rest of it. I don't care about what your political preferences. Blah blah blah. That's that will help you. Working with people because work is always like your family. You can't pick them and they're going to have their own opinions and you're going to disagree with people for sure. Um, and especially with creating creative projects together with people, there's creative little differences where you're going to have to like, okay, secede this argument and move on. Anyway. But do you think that's the piece that will let it – so if you do that, those accommodations, are you saying then that, that that's the person who will say, oh, Sean, he's great to work with? Even though no, you might no, not, not necessarily that you're always get like along. bending to people's right, no, but will, it's, it's, but uh, yeah, any, again, be just being good at communicating. So anyway, um, I would say then after interning for a little while, positions started to open up. People started to move on. Um, one editor moved up. Uh, one producer left to another show to another network. One of the editors moved up to be a producer. Is it like, like okay. advertising them, or that's kind of that? That's my understanding of advertising is that it's like you kind of move positions every two years, and everyone just keeps moving up the ranks. And well, if you with, can't get a position, you you take a lateral and you go to another company. With production specifically, with creating the content, there's always specific jobs. So, so like with radio at NBC Sports Radio, there were the engineers, the people on the board 
pushing out the audio. They were running all of the volume knobs, coordinating, flying the ship. We okay. always called it right. the Millennium Falcon. That's what it looks like the when they're fly- the back. It does. Yeah. It does look like they're flying a big spaceship sure. in you know, a big cockpit. And then there are the producers, the guys assisting the, co- the show hosts. Then there's the show hosts. So I guess downhill, there's the host who's talking. There's the guy talking to the guy who's talking to help him out or facilitating conversation, asking him questions on the air, whatever have you. That's also part of a producer's role too, is also being on the air. Yeah. Like with, like with Jay's show, sometimes I, like if we're going to have a game or something like that, I'll facilitate the questions. Okay. Would you rather do this or would you rather do that? Okay guys, this or that. Um, so that's also part of it. Um, so when you, okay. So as that's going on, is that what led to podcast one? Is this kind of this position's opening, this positioning's opening, or is it that 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 someone's pulling you to these positions? Is someone calling you and saying, "Hey, Sean, you know, I really want to bring you in to my company or to Podcast One, and this is how so we can I got, do it." I got pretty lucky, but I so I worked myself into I was I was working on becoming a producer. I realized like, okay, I can do this. Um, a radio producer you know i really just kind of like saw the next step i didn't look past that really i was just like okay i'm an editor now this is cool i can do this um and then the step in front of me also looks like i can do that maybe eventually not right now uh, a little scared mm-hmm. oh that little producer tag is is ambivalent for, but then you again you're the guy holding the boom and you're watching him do it and you're like yep i can do that so i watched all these producers and how they did their job and what they did and i was like yep i can do that so i i made myself good at that stuff and i got opportunities to fill in as a producer being one of the editors on staff being there you know it's still a five day a week 24 7 thing so uh, yes, my, my first real opportunity as an associate producer after the editing job was the 3 a.m. to 9 a.m. shows. So, yes, I was waking up at midnight and driving to work from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock, getting there at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, that was hell. It sucked. But you're building a career. So yes, they're... but I was just like uh, – but they, I was working on the East Coast early morning shows. So mm-hmm. I was wor- – I mean which were the most – which are the most important shows on the network. That's 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time and 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time and then you know, 3 a.m. That's the morning drive essentially. For radio, everybody kind of is familiar with the morning drive, the morning show. That's why the morning shows are always talk shows because there's the most people on the road during those times, the most listenership. So I got an opportunity as an associate producer. So I was helping the producer. So I was uh, helping them rewrite some of their commercials, so commercial copy, making them uh, more wordy, making them more conver- making them more conversational. So when the guy got it, you'd be like, okay, yeah, this actually reads more like Not how like I would a, say it. Yeah, someone gave this to uh, me. So I would say. adjust that stuff. I would curate sound bites. Again, a little skill from sound editing in curating the other little sound bites of uh, uh, audio highlights. Some of them were highlights, but we had like the Eric Casillas show was the first show that I worked on was the East Coast early morning show for NBC Sports Radio. And he had a little he had a bunch of games like uh, would you rather um, uh, what was the funny one that we used? It was a funny one where we used movie clips. So it was evolved with sports highlights. So a sports highlight would happen and he would have something funny to say about it. And we play a little movie clip of Tommy boy or whatever, right, you know, right. Some, something, 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 everyone something, would fun, know. something, mm-hmm. every, say, every, exactly. So that was, 
part of my job, which was really fun, was like looking up all these clips on the internet, recording them through the recording equipment, and then editing it down to this specific little soundbite of Happy Gilmore. Is that goal regulation size or what? <laughs> so he can just talk right up to that point, and then the engineer fires it and plays it. So like we're putting together an, a live production, so I was there helping facilitate the elements that got us from A to B. Or I was also as associate producer, sort of a sidekick because I also have such right. a young sounding voice. I'm, I was the kid on the show. They called me the kid. What's the kid think? You know, so they, and you know, with sports, there's everybody's fans, right? So I'm a Laker. I was the Laker fan oh, on you the show. A, yeah. So there are times when, you know, my opinion kind of comes up and means something in a way or, you know, but they he's the big bad show or, host and yeah. he gets to, he's really driving the ship and everything like that. All right, kid, what do you think? Well, you know what? I think you're, you know, yeah, yeah. And I get a little spill in a little opinion. So I'm kind of a little character too on the show. And that's again, how I learned how to, um, you know, work within how I was, what my role was, you know, and that was a learning curve in itself every single time as you were doing it was, you know, you have to learn too. it's his show. So if he's talking, you're not. As soon as he starts talking, you stop. You're saying something. It's your opinion. Yada, yada, yada. He asked you a question and everything like that, but he's talking to you. You got to stop. So there you uh, learned that on the job, learn that on the go. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and then, and then that's just like reacting and learning, like learning the guy, learning how to work with the guy next to you in any field. It's uh, how you can talk to them and how you can react with them. So, but this is like a, an audible pro an audible production. So you got to be very just careful think that they could have that. I think something is like that. They should just tell you. They should just tell you when you walk when you walk in the door. They should say, "By yeah. the way, here's the rules." But but so so those are like <laughs> that's why it's so interesting. As they come up, though, you know, you it's don't like, know, right? But th that was specifically a thing that was that was told to me. Um, not that I, you know, uh, yeah. Once you get in that, once you get in the position to do it, right? right? Yeah, then you're like, offered the like, information. Okay, we're we're you know, and we're we roughly talked about everything that we're going to talk about before every segment, whether it's 15 seconds or whether it's two minutes before it happens. So it's like okay, blah blah. blah and I'm going to ask you this and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, that, I remember that being Mark Felsot was he was the first engineer that I worked with. And the engineer and the host are really the two, like, big main elements because he's the guy driving the ship and he's the guy steering it or whatever. Okay. And the so the engineer, uh, I remember him being like, you know, telling me that specifically. Okay, dude, this is like, you know, he's asking your opinion, but as soon as Eric talked, you got you to cut back off. So, and there were times where I was like, I was talking too long. So afterwards, they were just like, yo, dial it back. You know, uh, Eric was talking. Did he just you, cut you your mic? <laughs> oh, I mean, he can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pull, you're done. Pull me down. You're done. Yep. And he did, actually, the host was really good at what he was. He was just, he's done this for a very long time. So he knew how to have that flexibility of, Mark, turn him down, turn him off. You know, that kind of, yeah. that kind of fun. Integrate it right into it as though it was all planned. Yeah. So then uh, I was an associate producer. Then I, the guy that ran all of the editors also moved up to, uh, he ended up getting a job with Big Boy on Power 106. I know Big Boy. Um, nice. He's got a, he's got a, he's got an awesome gig. Blaine. Oh, what is Blaine's last name? Love Blaine. Um, also showed me the ropes, um, uh, especially with uh, little some nuances with editing too. So big props with with Blaine really showed showed me the early ropes. We didn't. Is we didn't that cross kind of how it works though? Because you've mentioned that several times. So is it? it there's a lot of um, on the job training, if you will. Do you kind of Definitely. really have to find your mentors in this industry? Then? Definitely, because you, you're you're you've got to one find people like 
you know, just like any job, like I used to work at the grocery store and 35 of them, I didn't really know how to talk to five people. I did really know how to talk to. So yeah, I mean, part of it is, uh, and man, were there some people working at NBC that I did not know how to talk to? I like it just, even you and you just aren't gonna like you, right? No matter how nice or common or how much like them you are, you're not going to the, you are different and they're just, they don't want any part of you. So you, um, in being accommodating, it is learning how to work things out of people, learning how to ask. You still have to ask people questions, whether you like them or not. So it, learning how to ask people that somebody that doesn't like you questions. So, and in that way, it's like how to get to the point mm-hmm. for me. It was like, yeah, I had these long, big questions. How do you get to the point, Sean? Right, like, right. What do, you, what do you need to know? Don't ask me a lot. What do you need? Well, to I just think it's, yeah. as you're talking about it, because uh, if you come from law or if you come from you know, some of the business aspects, you pick up books. You, know, you, can, you can read mm-hmm. a book and you can learn how to do a, an option pricing model, for instance, sure. in finance. Or you can learn how to you know, even argue a, a case in the Supreme Court. These are, this is what you have to do. You know, this is, it's, the nuance of it once you get there is completely different. Yeah. But in your industry, I'm sensing that it's, it's really you need other people to assist you and help you along the way. You cannot learn what you know from bu- from a book. No, I mean, yes, you can teach yourself how to edit for sure. But yeah, I mean, part of it in putting productions together is it involves a bunch of different people. So you're going to have to get what you need out of different people. So that is definitely a part of the job. Okay. So I, because you mentioned that, that's why I think it's really important just as we, you know, close out and th- think more about who can be successful in this arena, why you are successful the way that you are and how, why you've been able to move up the way that you have is um, it's, it's just another element of it because are you willing to ask for people, ask for help, get the help that you need? Yes. Right. Holy All moly that kind of ask, stuff. Holy moly. Am I not afraid to ask questions? Do I am so you're not proud. You I, don't sit there saying no, like, Oh, I got this. No. I figured it because there are those people in other industries where they're, I don't know what it is if they don't have confidence or they have too much confidence, but they kind of come in like a bull in a china shop, especially yes. when you're younger in your career and they burn a lot of bridges really quickly and then they kind of have to do a lot of damage See, control. And that's the thing is like had I come on to a different show, had it been the Jim Daniels show. That's my dad's name. So that's <laughs> nice. Perfect. Name. It's a great uh, radio but, name. Uh, imagine him not being my dad. So if I came on to the Jim Dan, the nuances of working with Jim Daniels would have been different. I would have been doing different things. He had a different show format. He would have done things a different way. He would have spoken to me in a different way on the air or not spoken to me at all on the air. So, I mean, the nuance, you really are, there's lots of different training that comes to you. Um, but it's all like relevant to the bottom line of what you're doing. It's, you're just getting the job done, whatever needs to be done. And um, then you're finding that person because even in that instance, you're going to have to find – because it's not going to be Jim Daniels who's going to tell you the answer. Yeah, yeah. It's got to exactly. be someone else. It might be the engineer. It might right. be the producer. It might be the editor down the hall that yeah. produced for him before. Make, a, I, make, I, some, I, make I, friends. I had plenty of that actually. I, when I started getting my um, my fingers wet with uh, producing was I was giving given opportunity to book – uh, show or book guests on some of the weekend shows. So I worked with a couple of weekend people on the weekend, and one of them was a very particular person, uh, and very makes your job uh, so direct. easy. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I definitely had conversations with other people that had like worked with them before. You know, some of those conversations you you kind of 
spill into. It's just like, oh my gosh, I got this email from Brian Weber. Yikes. Uh, and he's just like, oh yeah, that's right. So here's something you should know. I've done this before. Right. You know, this is how it's going to go. Yada, yada, yada. This is how, yeah. If you, if you do that, he's going to do that. Um, so, uh, yeah. Learning some nuances of people. Learning, and being able, it. yeah. And being right. able Be- to again, take the coaching. I'm working on somebody else's show. It's the Brian Weber show. It's not right. the Sean Gosser show. Yeah. You got to shut up and give me what I want. that's really, really important because there are people who are really coachable and there are people who are not. Mm-hmm. So to, for, and sometimes <laughs> those hosts are not coachable. Absolutely. You know? Right. Sometimes they're, yeah, they just sometimes don't. they're not going to take your good advice. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're not, you know, that's the other thing about being a producer is you got to have really thick skin because you're coming up with creative stuff and and whether again, men being funny is another level. Holy moly, is that another level of difficult creativity? But um, yeah, you're, you're working on somebody else's somebody else's project. So, well, but then and they have all their own sensitivities, right? So if you're going to say if you're you have these great ideas and you're coming to them and you say, oh yeah, sorry. I mean, they probably nine, take it critically. Nine, they yes, probably no. think, well, what am I doing wrong? Rather right. than rather than that's a great suggestion. Well, you know? no, sorry. What I was leading up to was. Uh, nine out of ten ideas are going to get shot down. You're gonna you're oh. gonna come up with so many ideas for so many different things, and like the tenth out of ten idea is the one that's gonna be. But chosen. you keep shooting the ideas, right? Or is you, it... you get you got it. Like you just keep that, doing. That's it. part of you know. Cause so that's important too. Tenacity. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of people can't take that level of rejection. Ninety percent yeah, rejection yeah, rate. Yeah. Hey, we need to come up with uh, you know again like we have basic frameworks of how the show works, but you still got to fill it up with stuff. So. One of his segments, Would You Rather? So there's seven. They always come up with seven topics. What are the seven topics going to be for the Would You Rather? What are we going to talk about, Sean? Come up with some topics. And uh, let's talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers' comeback on Monday night against the – no, that sucks. That's boring. People have already talked about it too much. Okay. Uh, what about uh, Chris Paul and the Clippers and uh, all the drama in the locker room? That's good. Okay, cool. Nice. Nice. Okay, sweet. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about uh, Tiger Woods' comeback this year? It was in the paper that uh, – yeah, that's a good one. Put that one on there too. But, I mean, there's going to be lots of no's in that too. So, But at least you get some yeses. Yes. So that's good. Yeah. So it's um, a little balanced that way. So, yeah, again, I'm you know facilitating what somebody else's bottom line is, and that's always kind of ambiguous. So uh, from there, from uh, getting little chances to – at as an associate producer – getting chances at real producing so uh, like when the producer was out that day then boom sean's the producer I so i had That's those opportunities important. where then i stepped up and i was the one asking him the questions for the would you rather and i moved up a little bit so then from there um the the guy blaine who i started to talk about he uh moved on to power 106 he was in charge of the editors he was the managing audio editor and at nbc sports radio we ran two websites they were prep websites we basically pulled all those audio highlights that we were talking about and and posted them on this website and then we um also facilitated all of the shows so whatever other sound elements they needed we would put together and send off to them um, or to their engineers to their producers and stuff like that so i ran the team of editors at night so a lot of times i was the one working during the day a lot of all sports usually happen at night, at night. Like how big is this team that you're 
seven right. to ten people. A lot. Okay. Um, and uh, so I, I ran like a, I was doing the schedules for them and and yeah, because now you're now you're a manager also. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm managing the people's schedules and I'm managing what I what dick what they need to do, what they need to edit, what they need to pull, um, and how they need to do it for in, in the nuances of getting it to Brian Weber and, and making sure it's it done correctly and, and all how that. they want to do yeah. it and so you know the nuances of all that. Um, and then I, I, I was in that for a couple of years, almost two years. And I was in a, you know, getting chances at producing, filling in. Um, but then I was kind of landlocked. There was nowhere else for me to go. As far as NBC sports radio goes, I was like, well, none of these shows are going away. Their producers aren't going away anytime soon. And then until something out of the blue happens or this person dies. So, uh, I started, you know, needing more money, wanting more money. Um, so I started looking around for different producing jobs within the same world. So uh, I started looking at Fox Sports Radio and I started looking at ESPN and I started looking at this place and that place. And um, my boss did me the biggest solid. I was about to get another job in the building with a country show. And because uh, my dad actually also had a lot was at a lot of country stations, country radio stations. And there was a syndicated radio uh, country talk show in the building um, that was looking for a producer. And I completely fit the build and all of that and was about to take that for lots more money than what I was doing because I was, I was in a lower level position still, even though I had a lot of responsibility and I was very important to the company. I was still not making it. Yeah, I was a very low rung. Mm-hmm. So um, I was about to take this other job and my boss, Jack Silver, the man that gave me the opportunity at NBC Sports Radio first to intern, the one that hired me on all of those steps along the way, um, was like, I think you need to talk to my friend. This really shoots me in the foot and puts me in a bad position because I'm going to lose you, but I think you need to talk to my friend. This is podcasting. This is where this – oh, sorry. Hold on. little prerequisite. Podcasting starts to come onto the scene, uh, starts to become a little bit more relevant. Westwood One was the company that uh, NBC Sports Radio was the un- was under, and uh, Westwood One started getting into podcasting. So they started to tailor all of their studios to facilitate different podcasters. So essentially, I was kind of a a studio manager. Also, I was well, you know, I was setting up studios for people, getting them ready, receiving them, showing how showing them where to do, how to operate the equipment, yada yada. Sometimes even engineering it just right then and there. Um, and sending it off to their producers. So I was doing podcast producing, um, well, po- some you know, two different degrees for every show. Sometimes they knew exactly what they were doing, and they didn't need anything. It was just like, studio's ready for you, set it up, everything's cool. They go in there, I don't even talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started doing a lot of that, and that's what they, they've since really developed a podcasting, uh, you know, they've hired people and they've made it a little bit more official, but I was in just like the early days of it before it was even a, a thing. And we were just kind of allowing people to buy studio time and facilitating it really. Uh, so doing that for six months or so, and then also, um, doing like the type of podcast produce I'm doing now in editing in that we were like a lot of radio shows are now they're repurposing their audio and putting it on the internet. So it doesn't just live and die. And uh, we had uh, some you mean of our their uh, their shows, yes, repurposing their right, shows. Right. Okay. So their radio shows, obviously. So it's not just shouted out to the to the world and then gone. We obviously recorded it all, cut out all the commercials, 
edited it down to just all the content and music and stuff like that, and we post it on the internet. Stream it. Yeah. So if you really like this Stephen A. Smith whatever, but you didn't listen between 10 and 1, and it's 4 o'clock, but you still want to hear what he had to say about so-and-so, you could go back and listen to the whole show if you want. So uh, I did a lot of that, a lot of editing down shows and posting them on the internet. Um, and then I did a lot of um, what our, our flagship show – Pro Football Talk with Mike, Mike Florio. He's a big uh, Sunday Night Football guy. Um, he had a best of show that we would create for weekend programming for the radio station. So he was a Monday through Friday show. We would clip all of his best stuff for and put it together for a two-hour show. That was one of my shows. We did another um, canned show, which is all – basically it was like a podcast, but we played it on the radio because it was all recorded beforehand. We had Rodney Harrison, one of the uh, one of the former Patriots, and then one of our show hosts. They recorded a show on Friday afternoon. They did basically they did the two hours. We edited it and put it together, and they and they played it the next day on. So, Saturday. but you're doing podcasting but before doing, there's yeah. podcasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I mean it, was, it was podcasting. Yeah. But it was just they they weren't calling it podcasting because it wasn't right. where it is where most podcasts are now. They were just holding it on their website and it was available on demand. They were just like, you can find anything on demand, blah, blah, blah. They were, and find really it here. Of, they were just calling okay. it on demand. But it's a, in terms of the skills, you're going to transfer, as you, I think you're going to tell me, because yeah. you're, you're going to go to Podcast One. Yes. Are you going to Podcast One? Yes. Yes, because that, and now you're already doing that, right? Yes. So, of course. So I've got all the, I've been doing all yeah. the skill sets of what a podcast producer is. And even though I, um, I was only a producer in minor fashion. I had lots of experience at it. Like, even though I wasn't ever given the producer Title. of this show, oh, highest I was given was associate producer. Um, uh, you know, I had, you're right, I had the skill set. So basically my boss was like, I don't want to see you go to this other place. Um, and I think this is a much better opportunity for you. I think you need to call my friend. And um, yeah, I, I, that got me into podcasting. Did you even one. interview for that job? Or yes, they just yes. begged you. Uh, no, no, and they no, no. <laughs> so, like, so I mean, that, that <laughs> is part I of think it. There's not many people. How were there a lot of people who had that level, that kind of experience? I should say. No, as no, you did. They, that that is part of uh, part of that podcasting is so new in that you know you're not going to people that come from podcasting you know well that skill set you're only really going to get through doing, doing radio it. work because there's not a lot of other podcasting job opportunity so where do these people come from they come from radio um later down the road 10 more five more 10 more years they're going to be people you know repurposed podcast people that have come up and only you know come from this world of maybe they were editing podcasts first for somebody else maybe they worked on their own podcast um so there are different ways of getting experience and working your way into doing it um Okay, so you go over and talk to his friend. Does his friend interview you or someone else? Nope. Yep. It was it was him. What's um, the, the Do you remember director. what the most difficult question of that interview was, or what types of questions is he asking you in that interview? Because I would be looking at your resume and ask, having your resume talk to me. But does he have any? Yes. What yeah, does he want? I, I what does he want from you? You know, what does he? What does he want your skills to be? What does he? Who does he want you to be to do the job that he's asking you to do? So um, a lot of of the things that we were talking about about being accommodating, um, being somebody that can receive information and do it bar none, uh, because we're having to like again work with somebody's somebody's project worked on somebody else's project and help them get to their goals so obviously 
he knew from my resume that I had the skill set of being able to edit. Okay, you can edit for sure. We know that. That's not a problem. We don't need to check that because right. you're you've got a plethora of editing. You managed an editing site basically. Yeah, so, I think boom, that, that's what I'm thinking. Right, he's looking sure. at your resume. Check, so, yeah, check, check. I, you know, obviously. The resume, you're right, will tell him, does he have the actual physical experience? I think, of can like, he even be in this room talking to me? Right. the resume, did, right? And also, did you work on audio projects? Like, you know, I guess a music producer could still walk into a podcasting area because they're familiar with editing audio and i'm sure they're familiar with working with musicians on you know so i'm sure that's a that's a that's a little bit of a crossover so uh but working on you know audio talk shows specifically because it's a different style of rolling out the content than it is on tv on tv there's so many visuals and stuff to point to and to lean back on that you don't have to express as much out of your mouth as you do like with like we were saying about baseball games, the the Vin Scully's having to completely paint the picture. So and so on third, blah 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 blah. There's a lot. It's it just rolls out differently. So the experience of understanding audio talk shows for one, uh, the skill set of the the you know being able to work with the equipment, um, the editing part. Um, I also did have like a, I got a little bit of engineering experience at NBC as well, flying the ship, mm-hmm. being able to. So I understand how to engineer an audio session, uh, which is setting up like what a little bit of what we set up today. But uh, like we talked about a little bit before about technology changing so crazy and all the time. So I'm having to learn new equipment on the fly too, and new things become relevant that weren't relevant six months ago that make it easier now. So you can bring that into the fold. So uh, I had the little, I had the the little technical savvy that I needed. Which podcasting is pretty simple. I mean, it's, it's microphones from a technical uh, aspect, you right? Mean, yeah. And you know, in studios. You know, you know, they look big and fancy, but I didn't put that together. You know, I don't have to put the room together. I yeah, just don't you know have how to, to use it. Soundproof the room. And uh, put like up the... M- my buddy, he works for Western Digital, the computer hard drive company. So it's like the people that create the equipment and then the people that, that use the equipment. I'm the dude that uses the equipment. So, yes, they are way smarter than I am. I am <laughs> not some technical really wizard. I'm pushing volume knobs <laughs> and making sure that they look uh the it, same. You know, they're coming in yeah you didn't make you're sure that they would be the same in the background of the coding right. but you did the other piece um, and again like like i said it's a uh you know if you come from doing the live production part of audio talk shows there's a lot more happening at once the music has to happen at the same time you have to hit that drop at the same time you have to call this music at the same time you have to bring up the caller's voice uh to the right level at this time exalt all that with it being pre-produced all of it is recorded and done separately you so, can take your time and yeah, make your yeah, mistakes yes, and do your stuff exactly I, I, most of it can be fixed so it's, just it's, like tv it is a little easier in, in a way but still i mean like time is of the essence and it takes time to get all this stuff done so you have to be able to do, like work quickly and work you know work to other people's schedules hey i gotta be out of here in 90 minutes instead of two hours today you better have all of the files already open and labeled and ready to go. Like, and then some. Those are the some of the. Well, your deadlines that you are real. Your That's a good point too. Right, I bet right. he's asking you about that because. Well, how do you tell him that in this interview? What's that about? How important does he ask you about time management and deadlines and your ability to multitask and all those pieces? I I'm just so. wondering, what does he really want to know? Because I'm like, I think what he really the, wanted to know resume, in that interview. And then can you accommodate? That's yeah. the key, right? I, I really think what he wanted to know in 
And I think what most managers want to know in most interviews in is, your can industry? I work with this person? In your industry yes. or across? Uh, I, in my industry and across. You think so everyone. Spe- okay. Specifically to my situation and across, I think he really wanted to know, is this, is this personality a good fit for this place? And I really respect the man that hired me. His name is Rich Burner. He's absolutely a one of the most experienced people in this field right now. He he since moved on to another podcast company, Cadence Thirteen, and uh, yeah, I think I think he he was the program director, so he was in charge of overseeing all of the shows and and essentially overseeing all of the producers that produce those shows. So he was seeing for one like. Is this guy within the skill set of what I need? Like, you know, because podcasting is so all over the map, he didn't have a lot of sports producers. He had one sports producer. And he was just like, hmm, I could really use another sports producer because there's lots of sports content out here. But Sean comes from talk shows. um, So that's – it's really across – I mean it's really conversational anyway. So the overlap is fine. And currently I'm producing one – no, two sports Sports shows. shows. Two of of five are sports shows. Um, so I think for one, it was like, yeah, the specifics, yeah, you have the, your credentials say that you've done the work of the, the specifics of engineering, editing, um, working with high level personalities. That is definitely part of it. Like I I get to work with Eric Casilius and Mike Florio and, um, all these, these really high level, uh, NBC talents. So I, I had to bend to their will and not piss them off <laughs> and i mean that's and not that's, be overly impressed but be uh, respectfully right. deferential and all yeah. those things yeah and and creative and and helpful and mm-hmm. you know there's i mean mike floro didn't ask me many questions but he asked me a couple and i was ready for those questions have the answers right? yeah. yeah um so i think really he wanted to know like is this personality a good personality to deal with the types of celebrities that are walking through our door um, can you, are you able to, um, you know, shut your ego off and let Amber Rose do whatever the hell she wants. So I think that was really what he wanted to know is like, he knew that I had the, the track record of doing the type of work. And, you know, again, it's like, it's almost the same thing. It's just done in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not live. So what's the time frame then? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a few final questions that are cool. going to be really, I'm really interested and excited to hear the answers so what's the time frame that we are talking about from the time that you had your internship to where you are now how many years is this um five years five and a half years five years so in the next five years are you anticipating the same level of movement or are you at where you are in your career now where you kind of stabilize and continue to do the level of work and maybe you know get paid a little more or decide different things or maybe you take on your own company how does it how does it go from now for the next five years or ten all of those questions are rapid fire in my brain at all times so um i really i mean i'm a young person still i'm 30 years old uh i graduated college a little late i graduated at 26 i took a year off there i didn't know what i wanted to do for the first few years then i was like oh okay i can do this major and finish this and then i found the interning and all that so i started interning at like 24 25 um and uh so yeah i I would say i've just now found a career in podcast producing that I think I can do for an extended amount of time. For one, it's like, it's not radio and it's not in that, in that it's not waning. It is waxing. It is a, it's getting bigger. Um, it's a growing industry. So even if this industry ends up 
it's not going to. But even if it does end up failing or becoming, you know, not profitable, um, it's going to take a long time for that to happen. I'm at the we're at the earliest part of a wave. We are the wave that is three miles out from the beach and it's just now getting ripples. It is nowhere close to the, you know, so we're at the very, very beginning of this. So that is really promising to me in that it's going to grow. And just in the last year, the amount of people that have walked through podcast one's doors has been mind blowing. I mean, the, I met Cindy Crawford a couple of weeks ago. Oh, like I never thought I would have met Cindy amazing. Crawford. Right? Like, yes, that's and she fantastic. was so awesome. And, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's bringing in all different kind of worlds. So I, I do have my mind open and my options open um, as far as, you know, I, I would say probably my, my little dream goal is that one of my shows blows up and then I just get to produce this one show for however the next long. 10 or 15 years. Right. Um, but- and, and what you're saying too, because even if you're saying as if something happens and podcasting becomes – Irrelevant. irrelevant something else is going to supplant it you're going to be sitting there with all those will, skills yeah. they're going it's not going to be something so disparate that you can't pick up these skills and use exactly. them there right so exactly yeah sure so that's well a fear in the back of my head that yeah like i i'm just like outed and then like oh, i'm out in the cold you're like those like roll tapes do. that we were talking about yeah. at the beginning of the, <laughs> <laughs> the talk yeah so um yeah i think my next five years are is is going to be right here in this because like i'm still new in it I'm still learning it. My, I'm still learning a lot of aspects about it. Like we're going to have this discussion when we get off the air is that, uh, you know, there is the marketing aspect of marketing and digital product, which I don't have experience. I right, have, I have experience hole. in producing audio content, but then there's the sales of it and getting it sold. And that obviously ties into slightly how into how you market it but that has completely different people with completely different skill sets in their own so i'm still learning as far as the other aspects of my industry in itself um who knows maybe i maybe i find out a lot about the sales world and i realize i could make a lot more money doing that oh, right or i could take um, all these little podcasts yeah, yeah like i really understand this thing. side of it so man it, i would be maybe i'm really good at this so who knows but um i really love the the creative um element of this in creating conversation so i mean i'm like really happy that uh, uh, and it's it's mind blowing to me that I found this, Chris. Let me say that for sure because again, at eighteen, had no interest in radio whatsoever. I watched my dad do it. It's a di- you know it's a dying industry. It's still there, still gonna be around for a very long time. But it's a uh, um, I didn't have I didn't like want to be my dad. Although he was a great mentor for me, and I learned a lot from him. Like uh, that, I didn't want to be. Um, but I've I've now found something within a similar vein of that and i really like that i i don't i don't know and it suits you so well it's it's about talking yeah it's so fantastic when it all comes together like that that's why it's such a privilege for me to be talking to someone like you who's so engaged and interested and you know happy with what you're doing and you've been able to wind your own path in a way that's really inspiring i'll tell you from sitting across the the seat from you here your story is very inspiring and even to talk about 
you know, maybe you're an A student, maybe you're not, maybe you know what you want to do. And in college, maybe you don't, maybe you go to college, maybe you don't, Mm -hmm. you know, you're never, you're never done. You know, you're never lost. There's always something that you can find in yourself that you love doing, that you want to keep doing, that a quality that you love about yourself. I mean, for you, it's flexibility. It's loving talking to people. It's having introversion, extroversion. It's having different challenges, being able to meet different people. You know, it just, there's so many aspects of the work that you do that seem to suit you so well and congratulations really on thank you putting so that much. all together thank you that's for telling amazing. me that i'm a happy person that is like the best compliment <laughs> it is it is and it's noticeable to me here sitting, sitting next to you. so i'm going to ask you my final question okay. and i really um i don't you don't need maybe you don't need to think about it at all what is i'll ask you the best but you can give me three answers if you must but what's the best part of your work people the incredible people that I get to work with. I've gotten to meet, I mean, the position, uh, so it's it's selfish and, and specific to me, but like I've gotten to meet so many of my like he- sports heroes over the last six months. That has been incredible. But yeah, th- it's really the people and getting to experience all these people from all these walks of life. Like right now I have... Jay, who's a plastic surgeon. I have uh, Stevie and Cezanne, who are digital influencers that are from Texas. Um, I have Andy Bernstein, the Lakers photographer. Um, I have uh, Thug Kitchen, the vegan cookbook writers uh, that are, you know, the, the Nor- Norcalers. Um, and then the people that they bring in, too, because they're usually all bringing in some some other kind of third element to it, some other third person into it. And, like, Tiffany Amber Thiessen bought me a coffee yesterday, right? Hello. That's, Saved by the Bell. That's Kelly so bought me awesome. coffee, people. Yes. Like, oh uh, I, uh, the, the most beautiful girl in school Oh yeah, just bought you a coffee. Just bought me a coffee. Yeah, that's right. Hang that up on the wall for sure. No, uh, the, like, I... You know, the guest booker was stuck doing something else. She goes, hey, can you go down and get the guest? She's down in the lobby. And she was just the most awesome, nice, cool, so good easy to, to talk to. Per- like, no, she was not the bitchy, hot girl in school that you, like, expected her to be. She was, like, so nice and so cool. And I was just like, wow, how awesome is this that you're so cool? And, I mean, obviously not everybody's like that, but 90% of them are. Especially if you're approaching them with a smile and you're happy that they're there. And that's what I really try to, like, give people the benefit of the doubt of. It's like I'm not going to come in with – although I do have thoughts about who – because most of them are somebody of some kind. Some of them I don't have any thoughts. I don't even know who the hell you are. But, yeah, everybody you have some kind of preconceived notions of. But, like, just – I just give the benefit of the – people the benefit of the doubt and i be the person that i want to be that i want to receive so i i am happy and excited and polite and i look them in the face and i um be as again their guests and i i understand the element of what we're doing in that these guests who are very high level people at what they do usually are doing something for free for them too so they're giving up their time and they're there for free for again somebody else's project not mine so I am just like I'm a PA, I'm a lighting person, I'm a coffee person, I'm a I'm a whatever the guest needs, you know, some, sometimes it's David Spade. David Spade got to come in for Dennis Miller's show and it's just wow. like and he was as cool as could be. So that is definitely the best part is the people that I've gotten to meet and 
the surprise of how they i mean they're just regular people it's and sometimes it's like so shocking seeing people it's like wow i know your face so well and here you are standing right in front of me and you're just a person just like i am you put your pants on just like i do you sip your coffee just like i do you choke on your food sometimes too i mean like no people there that's really the best part is like people are are surprising and um that is the the amount of different areas that i can get into uh or and learn about is fascinating too because and then i'm doing conversations too so i'm also getting to learn a great deal because we're getting like we had the owner of chalk gym ryan fisher in and they spilled off into all different kinds of topics about nutrition and like i learned that he said that keto diets actually not that good for women uh, surprisingly, really? you might be surprised. He explained it a little more scientifically than I can. You're just now. gonna say you're just gonna say not so good. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's those little random. You know, uh, we had uh, Susie Cameron, Susie Amos Cameron, uh, James Cameron, the director's wife, come in. She's a big vegan advocate, and she uh, she is she's got a book, One Meal a Day, and she says if you can change, it, that is like the biggest benefit to your carbon footprint is changing one meal a day to vegan, uh, 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 changing one meat-based f- uh, meal a day to a plant-based meal a day can save, like, some ungodly amount of water and some so – you, they were, she was, like, it's more than, like, driving a, a, a you know, a hybrid car and, and using, you know, good light bulbs and, like, all this. She's, like, it's by far the best thing, you know, so – uh, meditating. I've I recently learned about. Um, we had a meditating expert in. Um, her name was also Susie, actually. Uh, Susie Yeloff Schwartz of the Unplug Meditation app. She learned, uh, or she really taught us, like about meditation and like these scientific like benefits and stuff like that behind meditation. And so, I mean, just the the things I get to learn and the people that I get to meet for sure. I love it. Well, I would say that that's all a reflection of who you are really again being across from you that's that's what i want to do for you i want to talk to you i want to you know be be interesting for you and all that so i'm sure that that's all about who you are and again congratulations on putting it all together because your career is in a great space obviously and you're you. doing great work for our family we appreciate that very much and um, are just so grateful for you to be here so thanks for being with me today sean thank you so much chris So you just heard my interview there with Sean Gosser, who is a podcast producer at Podcast One in Beverly Hills and really exceptional information that we got there. And podcasting, like he said, is so new. It's really not easy to figure out how to even break into this industry or if it might be for you. So he had a lot of great tips, a lot of good insight, and he had some very specific things to say about the growth of podcasting, about what his experience is. So I kind of pulled out some little sound bites here for you that I think might be helpful for you to you know revisit the conversation. So listen to what Sean has to say as he's talking about the potential for a podcasting career. I would say I've just now found a career in podcast producing that I think I can do for an extended amount of time. For one, it's like it's not radio and it's not in that in that it's not waning, it is waxing. It is uh, it's getting bigger. 
um, it's a growing industry. So even if this industry ends up, it's not going to, but even if it does end up failing or becoming, you know, not profitable, um, it's going to take a long time for that to happen. I'm at the, we're at the earliest part of a wave. We are the wave that is three miles out from the beach and it's just now getting ripples. It is nowhere close to the, you know, so we're at the very, very beginning of this. So that is really promising to me in that it's going to grow. And just in the last year, the amount of people that have walked through podcast one's doors has been mind blowing. So just to think about that, if, if an industry is so new, then how do you even get the experience to be in that industry? Or is everyone just, you know, a novice kind of bumming around here? So what he really brought forth too was the experience in radio and having a background in that, but also the struggle of even getting a job in radio to get a job in podcasting. So listen to what he has to say about his uh, first experience in radio how it lies today there are fewer and fewer jobs with radio because it's transitioning to podcasting but all of that is still very new so the radio world is shrinking and it was difficult to get a way in like i said i interned for probably a year and a half before there was even a part-time 10 hour a week position it's pretty incredible when you think about it right so you kind of have to be ready to have a little bit of a struggle and to kind of know what you're doing and make out a really good plan if you want to uh, put your put your hat in for the for being a podcast producer it's not not going to be easy um, however super cool and super um, exciting as a as a career so going beyond that then um, when you have that from radio, really what's going to help you. So listen to more of Sean um, elaborating a little bit more on his uh, radio experience. Since it's so new at this time, I mean, podcasting technically has been around for 15, 20 years or so, but it's really only kind of taken off in the last seven or eight years or so. So a lot of people like a lot of producers, almost all of them, I, I don't imagine there are any that didn't come from radio. So you pretty much are getting the gist of this, right? You, If you're coming in now, if you already have radio experience, fantastic, good on you. And if you don't, figure out a way to have something that mimics radio experience if you can't you know, get a good job in radio because radio is shrinking and podcasting is growing. So you are really getting a sense of for this industry. But if you are still on board, listen, this is really cool. Sean goes through and kind of talks about um, his typical day, which is really neat because there is no typical day. So listen to Sean talking about a non-typical, typical day in his world. On a typical, like, general day, if I'm just, like, th- throwing it out there, like, I have a um, – they're all weekly shows, and uh, they're usually different, but a couple of them all uh, release on Wednesday, a couple release on Tuesday, Jay's show releases on Thursday. Oh, staggered in terms of – okay. Right, so my workload have- is kind of staggered. Okay. And right now, it's very front week loaded. So I am doing a lot of my recording in the back end of the week, and then I'm doing a lot of the – editing part of it in the early part of the week. But there's also a lot of other little tasks that go into it. So you see like there's no typical day and you have all that experience. I mean, again, it's the radio experience. It's the broadcasting experience. It's understanding how it is to frame a conversation and put it together into a a recorded product. And if you can do that, then you're going to find out that you're working with people who you might 
uh, who might not necessarily know how to do that. It's different. In radio, you're working with professional broadcasters. They know what they're doing. In podcasting, if you're a podcast producer, you might be dealing with influencers. You might be dealing with cookbook authors. You might be dealing with athletes. You don't really know who's coming to your um, to your show or to, who needs to be produced. So listen to what Sean says about that and specifically in terms of what what his role is in in working with the podcast host. And again, it's their project. It's not my project. So I'm a I'm a coach, I'm a mm-hmm. cheerleader, mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not the I'm not the quarterback. Yeah. So um, I'm teaching people how to be broadcasters too. I come from that world of of audio product. So understanding how to how, how to make a conversation interesting, essentially, or how to format a conversation to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. So if you're that person and you have all these different personalities coming into your workspace and you have your job to do and you got to make them look good and you have to put together a really professional, polished product, just think about who you have to be in that space. So one of the things that Sean led with is the kind of person he is. So let's listen to him talking about really his personality. I am a very happy person, so uh, that helps. Mm-hmm. I lead with positivity. Um, I try to be the person that I want to, you know, I, I, I've always been cognizant of how I'm being received, so I always want to be a, a healthy presence in any room. So if you're that person, there's a lot of things I think that you could end up doing from a, from a work aspect or from a you know a job aspect. But uh, these are just really good tips from Sean in terms of, you know, he is a happy person and you totally get that from being in his presence. But uh, going forward here, he's giving you some, some good insights depending on where you are in your career. But especially if you're early in your career, really take a listen to, um, to some of his tips about communicating with other people and interacting with people who you might not have have a particular affinity for listen to him talk about being likable i was making myself easy to work with so um and a little tip for those working with people that they don't like i've come to realize this and it's it's gonna sound weird it's gonna sound a little selfish it's gonna sound a little weird but use people for what they're good for to you it's use them for your benefit for example there's somebody at your work that you don't like but you can get along at this certain topic, cut to that topic, man. There is somebody that... Or find that topic, right? right. right? Find, find that. Find that little common ground and operate within there and don't worry about the rest of it. I don't care about what your political preferences, blah, blah, blah. That's, that will help you working with people because work is always like your family. You can't pick them and they're going to have their own opinions and you're going to disagree with people for sure. Um, and especially with creating creative projects together with people there's creative little differences where you're going to have to like okay secede this argument and move on yeah i think that's just great that's just great advice on any on any level but especially in this industry where it's such a people driven industry being likable and and understanding how to get along with people and finding common ground was uh that's i think that was an awesome awesome tip i learned a lot from listening to him talk about that and then think about this. This is cool. So I know plenty of people who have a communication degree, and I really don't even know what it is, which is which is sad because I have uh, a lot of degrees. But it's cool to think about it if you're you know trying to figure out what to study in college, or maybe you know you're already in college. You 
not liking what you're doing or your mid-career kind of switching. Uh, I think some of the skills that he talks about from having a communication degree are um, really valuable. And even if you're not going to get a degree, maybe looking at some of the course offerings in the communications department might be might be useful depending on where you're going, whether that's podcasting, producing, or somewhere else. So listen to what he talks about in terms of the importance to him and having that communications degree. Learning how to communicate. It, I mean, all we did was write papers. Holy moly, did we write papers and argue, and that was extremely valuable social practice. And the things told coming picking that major was that businesses see communication majors as the most malleable employees, the the ones that That's are most able to. Hey, Sean, we need to shift some of your job responsibilities to this, this, and this. They'll get that done. Yeah, I think I thought that was just really fascinating. I hadn't really considered it that way. I, I just thought communications was more like PR. So if you um, are inclined to work with people in, in a business aspect or in an in, in industry, if you're people-oriented, having that communication skill, learning about it would probably be helpful. Even on a resume, I think I'd look at that twice if I were hiring. So um, the last part that's really cool that I'll close out with as we're um, – thinking about Sean's interview is kind of the best part of his job. So Sean gets to talk to so many people. And one of the things that I know from working with Sean that you might not know is how much stuff he has in his head. I mean, he gets to learn new things every day. He gets to interact with, you know, experts in their field or super passionate people or celebrities or people just who have stuff going on. They're pretty interesting. And that then in turn makes you more interesting, right? Because you, you know, ingest yourself with all that knowledge and excitement. So listen to what Sean has to say about the best part of his job. It's really the people and getting to experience all these people from all these walks of life. Like right now I have Jay, who's a plastic surgeon. I have uh, Stevie and Cezanne, who are digital influencers that are from Texas. I mean, they're they're in a similar vein of of me almost, you know, in a different way. Um, I have Andy Bernstein, the Lakers photographer. Um, I have uh, Thug Kitchen, the vegan cookbook writers uh, that are, you know, the Norcalers, um, and. Then the people that they bring in too, because they're usually all bringing in some some other kind of third element to it, some other third person into it. And like Tiffany Amber Thiessen bought me a coffee yesterday, right? Hello, That's Saved by the Bell. That's Kelly so bought me awesome. coffee, people. Yes, Kelly. Like, uh, I, uh, the, the most beautiful girl in school. Oh yeah, just bought you a coffee. Just bought me a coffee. That is definitely the best part. Is the people that I've gotten to meet and. The surprise of how they, I mean, they're just regular people. It's, and sometimes it's like so shocking seeing people. It's like, wow, I know your face so well. And here you are standing right in front of me. And you're just a person just like I am. You put your pants on just like I do. You sip your coffee just like I do. You choke on your food sometimes too. I mean, like, no, they're, that's really the best part is like people are, are surprising. And, um, that is the, the, amount of different areas that I can get into uh, or and learn about is fascinating too because and then I'm doing conversations too so I'm also getting to learn a great deal so there you have it the quick recap of a really exceptional interview with Sean Gosser again who is a podcast producer 
at Podcast One in Beverly Hills. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next time. Take care of